Hey, it's great to see you guys this morning. So I, I don't know why this always, this kind of stuff always happens on the weekends, but uh, yesterday we were down in Martinsville for my niece's high school graduation, and I heard that there were some announcements made about something about masks or something. I don't know if you guys have heard anything, heard anything about that, but um, yeah, we know that, that some of that stuff is going on and, and there's some changes coming and that kind of stuff. So just want to let you know that we're going to send out some communication this week and, and talk about that and, and share, uh, share with you what that means for, for our church and all that kind of stuff. So that's coming. Just, I know some of y'all are, are excited about that and looking forward to that. So just want to let you know. So if we don't have your email address, if you don't get emails from us, do make sure that you go to velocitychurch.info, connect with us, and, and let us know your, your contact info, and we'll, we'll make sure you get that. So some of you know that I grew up on the south side here in Virginia. So if you're not from here, that's just south of, of the river in Chesterfield County. And I went to elementary school at Reams Road Elementary. Anybody? Any fellow? No? Okay. I, I, didn't, I didn't think so. Although some of you know, uh, some of you know some people connected to, to Reams Road. But yeah, so Reams Road Elementary, and I rode the bus to school. It wasn't too, too far of a, a ride, which I really appreciated, but when I got to about fifth grade, so my sister and I both, we rode the bus to school. The bus stop was just down from our house. It was great. When I, when I was in fifth grade, I became a bus safety. Do you guys, does anybody, I did some, you remember that? Okay. Does anybody know, is that still a thing? It is. Okay. I did some Googling about that, and I couldn't find that anywhere because I had this, uh, you know, when, when you're a bus safety, you're, it's, it's a pretty big deal. I, I don't know if, I don't know if you knew that. So, because you get, you get this uh, belt and sash thing, or at least I did. I don't know. Maybe it's changed. Maybe they have vests or something much cooler uh, than what I had, but it was a blaze orange. It, yeah. Okay. But it wasn't just that. It, so little belt, you know, sash thing. Can I, it, there was a silver badge. That can't, that's still a thing that blo you're blowing my mind here because I couldn't find anything anywhere uh, about that. And so, uh, like I said, those are pretty big deal because you are partnering with the bus driver to make sure everyone's safe, right? You're, you're the bus safety. So there's, you know, power and authority and control. I, I'm just kidding. You know, sometimes I think uh, over my time, uh, you know, maybe I miss my calling in law enforcement, you know, because I, I, I wore that sash. I don't even know what that thing was. What do you even call that? And badge pretty, pretty proudly. But one of the things that it gave me the opportunity to do is at the end of school, you kind of stand outside of the bus and to make sure that kids get on the bus safely and all that kind of stuff. And I, uh, you know, just gives you, gives you some confidence to, to wear that. And my sister had told me, and she was a few years behind me, she had told me that there was a kid that was picking on her. And so one of, the, one of the great things that this gave me an opportunity to do is keep an eye out for this kid. And I told her, I said, hey, you point out to me who this, who this boy is that's bullying you, that's picking on you, whatever it was. I can't remember even what it was over. And she said, all right. So she pointed him out to me. And so I walk up to him one afternoon with my bus safety sash and badge, and I got in his face, and I pointed, put my finger in his chest, and I said, hey, buddy, you leave my sister alone. And from that day forward, he did. I don't know if it was the blaze orange sash. I don't know if it was the silver badge. I don't know if it was my intimidation, you know, or what, you know, me be going, up, going up to him and acting tough, but he'd never mess with my sister again. After all, you know, it's our job as brother and sister to fight. And, you know, I'm not going to let anybody else kind of crowd in on that territory, right? It's my, it's my job to pick on her and, and all that kind of stuff. Well, here's the thing. When it comes to family, there's a deep sense of honor and duty and responsibility when it comes to the people that we share 
our, our lives with and a household with. Sharing the same family tree provides an ingrained sense of connection that should be celebrated and it should be protected as, as well. So, you know, maybe you weren't a bus safety, but maybe you remember back in the playground when somebody said, my dad is better than your dad, you know, and you kind of go back and forth and it's like, oh, no, 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 my dad could beat your dad up, you know, any day. And here's why, because my dad can jump, you know, buildings at a single bound or whatever that thing might be, because you have to protect your family honor. Or do you ever remember, remember the first time you ever heard a yo mama joke? And how that made you, I thought about like sharing some yo mama jokes, but I thought maybe that would go too far. You know, some of us might get deeply offended uh, by that. You cannot let that slide. You can't let anybody talk about your mama, right? You got to come back with something hard, heavy hitting and fast uh, and take it to the next level. We can laugh about that now, right? Hopefully we can laugh about that. But the origin of those things are really people trying to hurt us and, and get us where, where, it, where it matters the most. You know, I mean, that, that's where those things originate. It's like, we can, we can joke about your mama's, your mama jokes, and if I'm not careful, I will say one, <laughs> and, and I, I need to stop, so let's move on from that. But, you know, the origin of that is, oh, well, your mom, you know, is like this, and, and really trying to, trying to get us where, or your dad is, is like this, because, you know, people know in the community about what they're really like. And so that's where that comes from, is, is that people are trying to hit us, you know, in our heart, somewhere where our core insecurities are. And sometimes that lasts for us. We remember those feelings about maybe we didn't have the most ideal, uh, you know, childhood or we didn't have the most ideal family members. And, um, you know, that, that still affects us to the day and the, uh, to, to today. And the reason for that is, is that families build identities together. So in as much as we're unique individual people with, within our families, our our decisions, our choices, the things that happen to us, they don't happen in isolation. We build those things together. So we, we have looks and manner, mannerisms and idiosyncrasies that are similar, and that can all be a part of that. Listen, there is nothing more surreal than, than about to yell at your child for something that they just did or said to you. And, and by yell, I mean, you know, talk too sternly and, you know, under control and, and all that kind of thing. And, and then realize as you're looking at them and about to call them out for this thing that they just did that you're staring in a mirror. And then what they've just done is they've just said something exactly the way that you say it, <laughs> you know, or with exact same face or, you know, whatever tone of voice that, that you say it. Um, but, but the effect is much greater than even just that. How we view the world and the people in it, the moral and ethical foundations that we start off with, what we think family and love is supposed to be, none of that happens in a vacuum. And that's by design. It's, it's supposed to work that way. Even our, in our imperfect families, the reason for God's ideal, which we talked about a few weeks ago and as we've gone, is for us to understand what we're reaching for, even if we don't ever quite take hold of it so that we can participate in what family is all about. I mean, the functionality of the family is our first exposure to what it means to be human beings. So the things that we need and expect to get out of it shapes our thinking and what we give into it later on down the road. Basics like food, shelter, security, how to communicate. You know, those are things that we expect from family, but also discipline, wisdom, love, how to have fun, humor in life, belonging, affirmation. But out of all of those things, all of those things that we need and we desire to get out of family, the most important thing a family can pass on is the source from which these things come from. Because unfortunately, if, if we don't know what the source is, we're going to start looking to other people to provide that for us. A lot of people go through life thinking that the source for all those things is their family. You know, it's mom and dad, and they should provide all those things. But, 
let me, you know, I don't know if you know this, but moms and dads aren't, aren't perfect. Families aren't perfect. And, and it could work if it wasn't for that reoccurring problem of people being a part of families. While these things should flow from our mothers and fathers and the rest of our family members, even the best won't get it done right every time, which is why we need to be taught how things ought to be and that there is a source that prov will provide those things for us where others fall short. And that source is God. If we've been given the impression that our imperfect family was the source of those things and we didn't get it the way that we we're supposed to, it doesn't just affect our life, it affects the lives of those around us and the lives that come after us. I mean, those are things can, that can affect us generationally in our, problem, in, our, in our families. And that has happened throughout human history. In fact, one of the major themes of the Old Testament is about family history and the generational problems that they ended up having because of how they decided to how do they decided to follow God or not follow God. And you have varying degrees of being faithful as you read through the Old Testament and you start off with God saying, hey, I'm going to work through this family, so be faithful to me. And so for a generation or two, maybe they're faithful and then they start to walk away from them and then things get bad very quickly and then God brings them back around. It's like, okay, here's, here's this family that's down the line. If you're faithful, here's what's going to happen. And it's that back and forth where this family becomes a nation that goes back and forth into generational blessings and curses. And Curses. So we, we might be individuals, and so you might look at individuals in Scripture that have made choices and decisions, uh, and their, but their results never happen in isolation. And so when we add family to the mix, the people who are around us, the people that we live our lives with, over time that family-built identity becomes a legacy. It's what we leave behind, it's what we pass on to other people and kind of rolls through our family's lives. And that legacy is tied to the source from which everything about who we are flows. And that's why it matters that we teach or that we live out that that source isn't us as parents, it isn't us as, you know, whoever, whatever role we play in our family, but that that source is God. Family can be crazy. Maybe you haven't experienced that. Maybe your family is perfect. I would love to know what that's like. Family, family is crazy, you know, because we're made up of individuals and we do crazy things. We don't make perfect you know, decisions. And when lives intersect, there's a potential for problems. The question is, despite all that, how can we build a strong family that will last longer than we do? If you've got your Bible, I'd love for you to turn to Deuteronomy chapter Six. This is a pretty important verse, especially when it comes to the Old Testament and how families operated, because there's this thing called the Shema. And, and some of you have heard me talk about this before. This is something that, that I've talked about in other sermons before. But in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4, we find the Shema. And, and Shema in, in Hebrew really just means listen up. Hear ye, hear ye. You know, this is, this is something that you're, you're going to want to hear. And the Shema was something that was ingrained in the daily life of the Israelites. This is something that they repeated often. It was a prayer that they, that they participated on. It's something that they taught through the generations, something that, that God set up. And so in, in Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 4, here's, here's how the Shema starts. It starts with that word, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And, and it, continues, it continues on in, in, in such a way that it was so important that in Jesus' day, when Pharisees and Sadducees came up to him to try to trap him. Remember, they were taking away 
they were being, they, their power, their authority, you know, all of those things were being taken away from them by Jesus as he was teaching what God's word actually meant for people's, people's lives. And so they continually tried to trap him in the law. And so they came up to him and, and they wanted to know, hey, what is the most important thing in the law? And Jesus uses the Shema to answer them. Because as you keep reading in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 5, uh, and six, this is, what, this is what it says. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. And, and this is what everything else was supposed to flow from when it came to how the nation of Israel lived their lives with God. I mean, sometimes, maybe if you know a little bit about the Old Testament, you might think of, think of the Old Testament being all about, you know, a system of rituals and sacrifices, and that's all that it was ever about. But it really wasn't about those things. It was really about this, that, that God is God, and that everything we do, everything about who we are, everything about how we worship him should flow from, from that and that we should love him with all of our heart and all of our soul and with all of our strength. And so every part of us and every part of our day and all of our interactions, it should flow from these things. And, and the way that this works is that as we do this and as we live our lives in this way, when we keep this Shema, you know, as the foundation, as the source from which everything that we flow comes from, is that the people in our lives, us, us included, but more importantly, the people around us in our lives, they start to look to a source other than ourselves for those things as well. They start to look for God as well. And the next verse in verse chapter 7 shows how this was meant to be a key part of the family dynamic for people who follow God. It says, impress them on your children. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up. And this is the family legacy that God calls us to create. A lot of times when we talk about family legacy, or just even the word legacy, I think we think about things like, you know, what people think about us, or what people will say about us, or maybe what people will discover about us that's true. You know, I, you know how, many, how many TV shows or movies or books, you know, forms of entertainment, whatever you can think of, uh, you know, talk about something that happens in the family, and, and you've got to protect the family honor, or these things, you know, based on what somebody else thinks, or how the, how the family name is used, or how other people view you, or th- those kinds of things, you know, a mom or dad maybe, you know, get killed early on in, in the movie, and so the child grows up, and they train forever, and, you know, become Batman, you know, to, you know, to exact vengeance, you know, on people who, who have done that. Or, or sometimes, you know, we think about legacy in terms of, of the stuff that we leave behind, you know, material possessions, what's in a will, you know, a legacy gift, maybe some traditions, those kinds of things. And with all of those types of legacies, there's, there's one thing that they all have in common, and that's eventually all of those will go away. All of those will fade away. And so the things that we spend our time pursuing to leave behind for other people, I think one of the things that's incredibly important to think about is what are those, what if any of those things are, are actually going to last and be meaningful to generations that, are, that will come long after we are forgotten? The best legacy that we can pass down is one that will never fail. And, and that's, that's God. He's the only thing that will not fail in this life. And so when you think about Abraham, like Father Abraham, uh, in the, one of the major patriarchs in the history of the nation of Israel, you know, 
that, that, that family didn't follow Shema you know, all the way through that well. There's a lot of waywardness in the family tree when they ignored God as the source for providing what they needed. However, God's promise that the entire world would be blessed through Abraham's descendants came about through Jesus anyway. And that's because God is not going to fail when he's the one we are passing on to others. Jesus was born into the same family because even though generations failed, God never does. And because of the faithfulness of ones along the way, God continued to work in and through them to provide what the entire world needed through them. And this is how he continues to want to work in and through our families today, to build a lasting legacy despite our differences, despite our limitations, despite how we fail, that will continue to change people's lives throughout generations. You know, we might not know much about our family tree. I, I wouldn't be able to come up here and tell you, like, well, this is the, the Yancey, you know, legacy. And this, uh, you know, other than we really like ice cream and we play some, play some golf. You know, I mean, th those are, those are uh, which are pretty cool legacies to pass on, I, I think. You know, I, I don't know a whole lot of details, but, but I do know what some of the stories that I want my kids to tell and what I want them to pass on to other people. I, I will say this, I'm not ready for them to come up right now and share any stories. <laughs> like if I were to ask you guys, you guys want to come up, Seth, you want to share, share some stories? No. Uh, he's like, what, Dad, why are you pointing me out? It's like, dude, you wanted, to, you wanted to hear me preach this morning, so this is, this is what you get. Now, I'm, I'm not ready for them to come up because I know that they, uh, you know, their perspectives don't always necessarily match with what we're trying to teach them. I don't know if you've ever had that experience before. Maybe that's happened with you, with your parents, you know, that they were trying to teach you, you know, some specific things, but you didn't actually, actually uh, figure it out uh, right, right then. I, I know that uh, sometimes our, our perspectives can be a little bit different with that. But what I do know is this, is that no, even if I'm an objectively, uh, I'm objectively horrible at doing this, the one thing that I care about the most in leaving behind for my family is that the legacy that I want to give them is following Jesus. I mean, that, that, is, that is the thing. To, to not merely believe, but to be disciples, to be followers of Jesus. And no matter what our family history is or current status is, this is something that all of us can participate in. And this is something that we can all pass, pass down. I mean, you might be thinking, oh, man, you know, I, I really would like to get to a point where I can leave my kids, you know, just you know, millions of dollars and huge estates and all this kind of, you know, th these kinds of things. Or, or I, wish, I wish I was perfect and I wish I could go back and change, you know, th these things so, so I could, you know, leave them with, with this different experience or those kinds of things. But now all of those things just fade away. None of those things, those things matter. But if we, can, if we can leave them with a legacy of, of Jesus, that will sustain them forever. Our family legacy is bigger than our household. It creates a ripple effect through the network of people in our lives and in, in our community through, throughout generations. And what I want to close with this morning is just a really practical portion of Titus chapter 2. That's fun. Where, where Paul, who's, who's mentoring a, a younger evangelist named Titus, he's establishing churches, he's leading them in the community, he's telling them what, what kind of person to be as he's, as he's leading other people and leading generations. And, and while it's not meant to be exhaustive, uh, you know, this is written to a particular audience or dealing with certain, certain things, I think it's a fantastic example for how we should be thinking about the role that we play when it comes to what we pass on to other people in our lives. 
So this is Titus chapter 2, starting in verse 1. But as for you, this is Paul talking to Timothy, proclaim the things which are fitting for sound doctrine. Then it goes into different stages of our life and who we should be and what we should pass on. Older men are to be temperate, dignified, self-controlled, sound in faith, in love, and perseverance. Older women, likewise, are to be reverent in their behavior, not malicious gossips, nor enslaved to much wine, teaching what is good so that... Is, what, mommy juice, right? You <laughs> joke about that on social media all the time. Uh, so that, uh, teaching what is good so that they may encourage the young women to love their hu- husbands, to love their children, to be sensible, pure workers at home, kind, being subject to their own husbands, so that the word of God will not be dishonored. Likewise, urge the young men to be sensible as well. And, and again, remember, Paul is not talking about an exhaustive list here for older men and, young, and, and older women and younger women and, and younger men. He's talking about, hey, this is, this is how, this, there's a way in which, there's a principle here in, in which we should interact and live and what we should pass on to other people and how we, how we keep God the source, the center of our lives. And then he goes on and he says this to Titus. In all things, show yourself to be an example of good deeds, with purity and doctrine, dignified, sound in speech, which is beyond reproach, so that the opponent will be put to shame, having nothing bad to say about us. And, and, and when it comes to what we pass down to, to, to other people, uh, and I, I, mentioned this, I mentioned this last week before, I, I'm concerned that, that we think, uh, think about our relationship with God in terms of belief, and that is because I believe in God and because I, you know, show up to church or, or whatever, um, that that is, that is the thing that I'm passing on to other people. But it's, it's much more, God, God is much more practical and pragmatic than that. And it, it's about the decisions that we make and the motivations that we have and the way that we go about the everyday living of our lives. And, and how we present ourselves to other people, not as a facade, but the actual attempt that we're making in our lives and with our hearts and our souls and our minds to love God with, with, with all of them. And so, you know, when it comes to a legacy that we pass on, we lead, you know, this is, this is not about, you know, trying to get somebody else to live a perfect life, but it's about what God is doing in and through our lives that we can share with others, the wisdom that we learned along the way, the lessons and the experience that we've had that we share. Younger men, they need to, you know, whether or not you have a son or, or, or not, you know, we have this opportunity. Younger men need older women, older. Rarrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrr
God's promises last infinitely longer than any problems that have been created along the way. And no matter where our family is right now, we can begin a healthier, spiritually whole, lasting legacy of faith when we center our lives on who God is as the source of provision for all that we need and all that we hope for to flow within our families for generations. And so the question for us as followers of Jesus, whatever role we play in our families, what are, what are we passing on? Or maybe more specifically, it's who are we passing on? Is it, is it us or is it him? Let's pray. God, it, it's not always easy to think about life in terms of what's going to happen down the road. So many times, you know, we, we make decisions for the, for the day. And while we don't need to be worried and anxious about those things down the road, God, we do, uh, we do ask that you guide us with your Holy Spirit in making, making the wise choice so that, so that what we're passing on to the people in our life is, is not, not just us, but that it's you. God, we ask that you, you show us you know, what, what the things in our life, that are the obstacles that are, that are keeping us from, from doing that well. God, help us to to think uh, not just in terms of our life right now, but in terms of eternity and how the way that we approach life, the way that we think about it, the worldview that we hold, the way that we live out our faith, the way that we believe in you and the way that we act on it all comes together to, to provide a, a lasting legacy. God, we know that if anything that we try to do on our own is, is not going to be not going to be perfect, but that you are more than capable of taking it to where it needs to be. So God, we look to you to lead us in this. God, we ask that you show us how we might live lives that continue to point to you. And in Jesus' name we pray, amen.